civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary! Gary, have you strapped him in? This is not a test. Okay, attach the cables and let's get going. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. Gary has managed to capture an internet nerd and has tied him to our generator. I'm just going to see if I can get him going. Hello there. <laughs> yes, you. Did you know that The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film since The Empire Strikes Back? Yes, yes, the heat of his incandescent rage is now feeding the generator and we should have enough power for our show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip and we'll be bringing you all the latest government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was 21st century Britain. And in this episode, we'll find out what happens during a Skelmanthorpe Parish Council meeting. What do those mutant foxes like to eat? Rotting zombies. See, this is where you're recycling everything. We'll hear from three generations of swamp mongrel farmers as I interviewed the Kludge family. Are you trying to suggest that I pretended to sever my own legs in combat with my own daughter? Oh, yes. Right, bang to riots. Yeah, fair enough. You're right, Uncle Bill. I did. And we'll get the latest gadget news as Sly Winifred has now been recaptured and is back in the gadget dungeon. And so have they made any progress with identifying what's at the heart of the Yorkshire scent? Of course, the most obvious simple scent is that constant odour of Yorkshire pudding. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Yorkshire tea. But first, here's our annual reminder of the latest updates to Yorkshire's many bylaws and regulations and the fines and punishments associated with them. Travelling. You may still not journey more than three miles from your allotted domicile without the appropriate travel permits. Any infringement results in a week-long stay at the Knaresborough Penitentiary. And now, if you then travel to the penitentiary without the required permit, your stay will become a month. Travel permits can only be obtained from the central transport offices in Filey, but if you travel to Filey without the required permit, then you might as well start getting your post redirected to Knaresborough, because you won't be leaving there anytime soon. Cuisine. Be sure to keep your cooking lovely and local. The further you stray from our glorious Yorkshire recipes, then the more severe the reprimand will be. If there's even a whiff of hot pot coming from your kitchen, then you'll be docked a week's wages. Any evidence of haggis or jellied eel consumption will result in your taste buds being removed for a month. And if so much as a croissant crumb passes your lips, then your taste buds will not only be removed, but they will then be surgically reinserted at your exit rather than your entrance, and you can experience a taste sensation that your traitorous actions so richly deserve. Measurements. Of course, any mention of non-imperial quantities is still strictly forbidden, and now you must punch yourself in the face if you even mention the word metric. As you can hear, even I am not exempt from this regulation, even though I had to say the word metric because it was in my script. Gary, just how many times is the word metric in this week's script? Okay, can you just make sure that I don't have to say the word metric again? And that's all the regulation updates. Now, 
We all know that these many regulations and thousands more are delivered, maintained and enforced by the faceless government of our glorious free republic. But what can the average citizen do if they too want to get involved in the pedantic implementation of bureaucratic protocols and the petty application of fines and punishments? Well, like any truly impotent individual who wants to feel like they have their hands on the actual reins of power, they join their local parish council. And I can now reveal that I am chair of my local Skelmanthorpe Parish Council. And to encourage more participation in these roles, we were able to record our latest meeting. And here is how it went. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Okay, so we've got a lot to get through today. So I'd, I'd like to officially call this meeting of the Skelmanthorpe Sub Parish Region 2 council meeting to order. I'm sorry, there's only the three of us here today. Deborah, are you present? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. And Patricia, yes, you're present here. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Derek sends his apologies. Apparently no. his entire family have been taken away for re-education, so he's not able to make the meeting today. Oh, so sorry. No. So Patricia, as junior secretary, you'll be taking the notes today. Yeah. Ron has disappeared again, went on a puff of smoke the other night, but he came back after three months the last time. So we're expecting right. him back at some mm -hmm. point. So it's just the three of us here, but we need to press on. We've got very, right. we've got a lot to get through. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get more done at this meeting than we did last time. We're just a yeah. brief mm. recap on last meeting's minutes. Patricia. Yeah. Yeah. So last minute minutes, we had stationary updates. So I can confirm that the stationary cupboard is now stocked. So obviously, if you need to get any more supplies, you have to come through me to make sure, you know, you have your ration, you know, your weekly sort of staples and whatnot. So that's okay. So that's a, a tick for Patricia. Deborah, there's something here about getting a gift card, I think, for Janet. Have you managed to do that? No, I forgot. Okay, well, we'll, we'll table it for now and put it into the next meeting. Deborah. Yes, it's not on the agenda for this meeting. No. So we can't officially discuss it at this meeting, but we can no. table it to be added to the agenda yeah. on the next meeting so that then we can officially discuss it yeah. the meeting after that. Yeah, I'll put it there now. So if I want to ask something about what you just said about the station we covered, mm. I can't ask it now, no? No, no, you can table a question for the following meeting. Yeah, we'll put it under any other business in the next meeting. Fine. Yeah, and, and that, that was it in terms of actions? Yeah, uh, well, that was a good meeting. That was one was. of our better ones, definitely. So obviously today in Skelmanthorpe, there's been massive flooding. We're getting further attacks from Lancashire terrorists, and there is another bout of fatal scurvy sweeping through the neighbourhood. But we need to get to the big priority, which mm -hmm. is that the bin days are being changed. Thank <sighs> you. Thank you. So, I mean, obviously, bin days were on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have always been on Wednesdays. Yeah. So we're all used to them. We're all used to them on the Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And what's happening? Council has decided the bin days are going to be on a Thursday now. Who collects bins on a Thursday? I mean, my whole week is based around having peak rubbish on a Wednesday. I can't shift a 30-year-old routine. Exactly. I think they just don't realise the type of routines that we're in and why we're in them and the comfort that they bring us and the order in our lives because the way that everything has gone more recently, we need some order in our lives. And if the bins is one way of doing that, then, you know, why are they trying to take that away? 
They have given us advance notice of when the bins days are changing. They've given us at least two months and then they've made sure we've got all the leaflets and signposts and everything else. So it should just only be a tiny disruption. So I think we should be okay on this. We've got plenty of notice and we will let the rest of the council know. And I think it's actually a positive thing. Oh, well, if you think it's a positive thing, then it must be. It must be, Patricia. Yeah. No, I'm dead set against it. I've had bins on a Wednesday for all my life. I'm motioning actually that we burn our bins rather than let them collect them. Yeah. Just to send a message. Yeah. I'm going to be emptying human waste into them before I burn them, just so in case they can't see it, they're definitely going to be able to smell it. Lovely. And we are planning on burning the mayor's one first, just to let them know who's boss. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I'm in favour. I'm so we in favour. That, that's two in favour of burning the mayor's bin after we... And defecating. Yeah, and defecating in it. Yes. Yeah. Thank sorry, you sorry. for using the official language. Thank sorry, you. Sorry, to just playing devil's advocate here. Have we have we not thought about, you know, maybe writing a letter to them and, and listing out why this is not perfect for us? I feel like we've gone straight to what I would consider a very last resort. I think anyone who's prepared to change the bin day from Wednesday to Thursday isn't going to understand diplomacy. You've got to meet force with force. You've got to meet violence with violence and you've got to meet outrage with outrage. And changing the bins from a Wednesday to a Thursday is an outrage. Absolutely ridiculous. And like you say, that's another level. That is another level. If you want to try writing a letter, you can. But by the time you've written that letter, our bins are going to be on fire. I know my bin men or trash receptacle individuals, as they do like to be called, and Gary's such a lovely bloke, and I would feel actually quite appalled to defecate in my bin and to, it would feel like a real slap in the face to him. We should treat you know, these trash receptacle individuals as people and not numbers. Patricia, we didn't say that we were going to set fire to the bin men or women or Gary, whoever. It's the actual bins. If they don't care about the bins, that's their job. They're going to have less bins to collect now after exactly. we burn most of them. They'll exactly. be delighted. I think exactly. they'll be fully in favour of this action. <laughs> so as chair, I'm going to call a vote on this. So all in favour of setting the bins on fire. We've only three of us here. So, so me and Deborah are in favour. So that I declare that motion carried. And we'll Thank be setting you. out on Wednesday much. night. I, I, I will minute this. that I was strongly opposed to this. I will minute that. Your dissent has been noted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So moving on, so obviously this is connected with the bins as well because it's, it's been a real problem after the zombie outbreak last week that we thankfully managed to quell mm-hmm. with the machetes and flamethrowers. But the detritus from that action has still not been cleared up. It's been a full two weeks since we finished our battle with the zombies and there I'm still tripping over elbows and knees and God knows what as I wend my way around the neighbourhood. The bin men are saying that it's not official rubbish because it's organic waste, but the food collection agency are saying it's not food waste because it's reanimated corpses because it's been dead twice. It, It no longer is qualifies as living tissue. So we've, we've got a standoff between these two factions. Yeah, I had a foot in my chimney as well, and I tried to call pest control about it because I thought, you know, mm-hmm. same kind of thing and down a chimney. They didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to deal with it. And I'm like, well, where did the foot come from? And how is that my problem? 
I've noticed that quite a few of the body parts are still moving as well. Like, yeah. Even though the zombies are dead. So was it a moving foot? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing because then I thought it was a pigeon. Well, I think if the foot's moving, it should be dealt with by pest control. But if it got so firmly stuck in the chimney that it wasn't able to move, mm. then it moves on to the council tip commando unit. Yeah. But maybe that was the issue. I wanted to propose to the council that maybe we should create a new organisation purely to deal with this. I just feel like we are, again, reducing it down to numbers and not caring and stuff. What happened? It was a, a pure disaster. We should show compassion, council members. If the bin men ain't going to come and pick it up, why don't they just like somehow turn it into like energy so we don't have to pay gas and electric bills? They might as well burn it and then the fumes coming off of that maybe could be converted into some kind of energy and I think it'd save a lot of money. Yeah, we've got to be looking at this as an opportunity. I mean, it is also a hazard. Mm. Several of the body parts have started to decompose badly. They're, they're, it's getting yeah. very slippy yeah. on the steps down into nether edge wood. It's treacherous. Yeah. So it is. I mean, you say about showing compassion, but I slipped over and almost cracked my back into the other day. Where's the compassion for me slipping around? And, and you, you uh, could uh, claim. You could claim for that. Mm, yes. I, th I feel we're getting away from the subject, even if we were going to use them as a sort of heat source. But we must remember that these bodies do cause a risk of infection. We've yeah, seen because they aren't being got in time. They are not being collected in time. They're not being dealt with in time. If you deal with them in time before they start to decompose and rot, that's when the goodness is there. It's like buying an avocado, hmm. you know, it's like you get it. You think it's not ripe, then you think, oh, no, it's still not ripe. And then when you go to it and it's too late, it's brown. It's the same thing. I feel we're getting away from the topic slightly. I was wondering maybe, again, tabled for next time, to talk of PPE for those people who we do want to I get don't. I don't like sports. I don't want to get into sports. I hate PE. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, well, Patricia, you could certainly table your emotion of forming a new task force. Mm -hmm. So I think if we form a subcommittee to yes. create a report on the feasibility of creating a adjacent task force, which would realign with the 15 that we already have, making sure that there's no overlap and that the paperwork is signed in triplicate before we sign that off. But yes, we- Absolutely. And they say parish councils can't be decisive. I don't know where we get this reputation from. I'll, I'll get right on that. I'll doodle that. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. And we'll hear the rest of that fascinating meeting later. But first... Oh, wait a minute. Our internet nerd seems to be calming down a bit. Hello? Hello? Yeah, you? Did you know that, despite its disappointing ending, the Game of Thrones TV series is better than those interminable books? Uh, uh, yep, he's off again. So we've got enough power for our next feature. For generations now, Cludgemore Farm has been famed for its high-quality swamp mongrel sausage meat, and I had a chance to catch up with three generations of farmers on their estate, which has recently been rebranded as Cludgemore Acres. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. And I'm delighted to say we have three generations of swamp mongrel farmers. What a collection of wisdom. I'm sure you've all got a few tales to tell. We have great uncle Billiam Cludge, right. who is the original founder 
of Cludgemore Farm and then went into the hands of his nephew, Sethry Cludge. Happen. And just recently, it's now going to be run by his daughter, Bargery Cludge. Hi. It's very exciting to have all three of you here today, but I'm going to start with you, Bargery, because you are the new owner of the famed Cludgemore Farm. Can we expect that you will maintain the high standards of swamp mongrel meat that this farm is famed throughout the land for? Oh yeah, I'm going to exceed the standards. It's, it's the modern world now. I think we're going to see bigger and better things from Cludgemore Acres. Sethry, you must be so proud to hear your own flesh and blood promising to up the quality of Cludgemore Farms meat products. I didn't think it was possible, did you? No, I don't think it's possible. I didn't think it was possible. And I don't think it's going to be possible with Bargery. But she won the trial by combat. It's her farm now. Yes, we all know that this farm, one of the reasons why it's so famed is that it's not inherited. It's not given away. It is won by trial by combat. And rather controversially that um, uh, Bargery, her, her, her means of combat was... Um, you don't have to mince your words, Lloyd. I burnt my four brothers alive. It's not a secret. From the moment we're born, only one of us is going to remain. The rest are not going to remain. They would have done the same to me. They did try. They're all swamp mongrel feed now. It's what they would have wanted. Well, it's where Cludgemore gets its unique taste from. It's not only the family that are on the feed. It's well known that any trespasser on the Cludgemore farm is going to end up in the mix. Uh, There's a lot of human flesh in any Cludgemore mongrel. And that's a badger pride. Well, it's a guarantee. You say there's going to be at least 25% human meat in any Cludgemore Farm sausage. Didn't used to be like that though, did it? Uncle Billiam, what's your reaction to the change of recipe over the years? Well, change of recipe? More like we've forgotten what meat is, you know. Like, it used to be part swamp mongrel, part grass. But now, all the grass is gone. Thanks to the volcano, we can't get any more grass. Now it's just trespassers. We used to feed the volcano the trespassers, and now it's got too big for its britches, ain't you? Yes, we can hear it. It is very much an active volcano. You can probably hear it spluttering away in the background. It, it was it was a good deal we had going with the volcano. Now we've come, come over here with, with new ideas, naming it Acres or whatever, and Volcano God is Angry. Lots of things have changed. Like Things have moved on. It's not that same place that it was. Absolute codswallop. Absolute codswallop. That volcano has been spewing out golden lava and absolute amazing warmth for the swamp mongrels. We've been feeding it trespassers. It's lovely for drying on a Sunday as well when you got a wash on. Sulfurous dry clothing. Oh, that volcano's done us right. And you get that lovely eggy smell on all your clothes. It's the Cludgemore aroma. It's why we're so popular with the ladies in village. Yeah, my trousers have never been dry since we changed its name to Acres. Bloody hellfire. The name is about modernising it. It's, you know, we're, we're working with things like Acres now. That's what people want. That's what you Modernising? What the bloody hell is modernising? I don't even know the meaning of that word. You literally don't know that. Time can't stand still. You can't have... Oh, everything needs to be just as it Time was. Time can't stand still. I've seen it. I've seen it. Well, obviously, during the time vortex that created the original volcano, time did stand still for five years. Outside of that, 
time can't do it anymore. It can't stand still. It's Clutch More Acres. It's it's a really nice <laughs> name. I'm I'm sensing a little family tension here. Uncle William's uncomfortable with the word acres for a number of oh. reasons. But um some of them we can't uh say um on air. He'd prefer it to be square meters. <gasps> Whoa! Oh, that's a word I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think we need to be bringing that up now. Eh? Yeah, let's not repeat it. Let's, Uncle, <laughs> Billiam, Billiam, no, don't, oh. don't, don't. I'm sorry, Uncle, I, I, Uncle Billiam. Don't I, get I, that ruler out. Don't. Oh, <laughs> is that a, is that a tape measure? No, it's I'll, not, Lloyd. No, it isn't. Oh. Um, a, a retractable oh. tape measure. Oh, oh, look at this. It's got both types of measurements. There's only one type. There's only one type. The Clutch family, we, we, do, we do. We only use one type. It, it's not. It's, it's not always in his right mind. Uh, there's, there's no dark secret in our family. We've never, we've never, we've never, never measured our fields anything other than uh, inches. How big is Clutchmore Farm? Just out of curiosity. Um, it has four hundred meters squared. No, no. The, the boundaries have changed since since the last volcano eruption. The boundaries since have you called it acres, that's why its boundaries have changed. We're just going to call it Clutchmore Acres because we're not quite clear on the current boundaries because some things have changed. But there's <sighs> your reason the grass walked off. It got up and left. In protest at Bartry's radical ideas, you're claiming that the grass was so offended by it, it became sentient and departed. You're bloody right about that, Lloyd. Yeah, became sentient is probably a strong word. Like, it's always had strong feelings one way or another. Yeah. The whispering grass of Cludgemore Farm is more than just a phrase. Yeah, and if we're gonna, if we're going to be really honest about this, it's had strong feelings against me for quite a long time. It's not just because of these changes, is it? I, I am tired of these constant conversations. I won the trial. It's up to me what we do on the farm, and I did not make that grass walk away. Well, I've got something to say about that. That trial by combat, I think, were fixed. Serious allegations here from great-uncle Billiam. And the grass knows about this? Is the grass a witness to this? Are you trying to suggest that I pretended to sever my own legs in combat with my own daughter? Oh, yes. Right, bang to riots. Yeah, fair enough. You're right, Uncle Bill. I did. We've got a scoop here. We're taking this up with the bank. Yeah, see what they have to say about it. The Bank of Yorkshire will be foreclosing on Cludgemore Farm if they cannot. No, no, he, mean, he means the... Uh... He means the grassy bank. The grassy bank are adjudicating. It's no longer very grassy. It's not so much whispering as it's... Well, it's very vocal. It's very vocal as grass goes. Mm-hmm. It does scream. It screams through the night. So even though the grass has left, it's coming back to taunt you at night. I think it's regrowing. There's shoots coming up there and it speaks in tongues. It screams through the night. It is... I have to get up early. I'm a farmer. It's really not fair. It's the only way I can sleep. The screaming soothes you to sleep. Yep. Always has, ever since I was a little nipper. And you've always had that sideline in Screaming CDs, Screaming Grass CDs. Soothe your children to sleep with our Screaming Grass. I mean, it saw you through some very lean years. Yep, got me through my six divorces. <clears throat> the only reason you had those lean years is because you almost ran the farm into the ground. 
It's on the bloody ground. If you had your way, it'd be up in the air. Yeah, it would. Because air farming, it's for this century, isn't it? What century? This one. The current one, the only century, the Yorkshire century. Yes, air farming, the government are finding it almost impossible to tax businesses that are based in the air. You need to have a physical address once you're based in the air. It's tax-free, basically. It's this uh, loophole. Sound like treachery to me. Our King Geoffrey, he has no truck with people not paying tax. He's got to have his coffers filled, and I'd happily fill his coffers. Dad, we're not evading tax, but you do get certain tax breaks and things like that. It's the modern way. We're not trying to get one over on the king or anything like that. It's just... You, you've had my legs. You've had my legs. Don't don't try to win me over more than that. You've had my legs. Didn't even use them for feed. I'm saving them, Dad. Well, that's... Well, I'm very touched by that, actually. I remember when I scored a century. Yeah. Johnny Liesbottom, he were bowling them out left, right, centre, and I was wobbly need. And he threw the, uh, the pig's eye at me. I got my arm out, cracked him up back of head. He said, look, we're going to win this game of cricket. Nobody understands what he's saying. He talks about this cricket thing. I don't know. He's a bit touched. It's the sulfurous fumes over time, basically. I scored a half marathon in 900. It's something the grass is telling him. I don't know if it's real or not. I certainly cast doubt on the grass's previous testimony. It, it does, doesn't it? Possibly unreliable in court if this is also what the grass is telling him. I've explained this to him, that the grass cannot stand in court. It's got no business going against my trial in combat anyway. Any comment on that, William? He's snoozing off in the wheelbarrow. I wonder if he should be wheeled off now. Yes, I think it might be time to wheel old William back to his sulphurous home, get him a few fumes that'll tide him through the night, get a nice screaming CD on. Maybe the next batch of swamp mongrels will have a little taste of William about them. Wouldn't that be nice? This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Well, as it turned out, Great Uncle Billiam did not last the night. Everyone here at Free Yorkshire Radio would like to offer the Cludgemore family our deepest condolences. We are obviously devastated to have to announce this terrible news. But we are also delighted to announce that Free Yorkshire Radio will be offering the latest batch of Cludgemore sausages on our website at a special promotional rate. To get 20% off, just type in, it's what Billiam would have wanted. And if you manage to get a sausage that contains any of Uncle Billiam's beard or pipe, then you could win a trip to the Cludgemore volcano. Remember to bring the actual sausage with you so that you don't get mistaken for a trespasser. And now, back to the Skelmanthorpe Parish Council meeting. So moving on, the mutant foxes are back. Oh, the sound, the sound they make. Oh, God. I mean, it's something between the killing of a puppy and an alien landing on Mars. Yes, it is. It's quite distinctive, yeah. But again, council members, I again draw back to not the last meeting, but the meeting before, where I did say that these mutant foxes, they technically are a protected species. Mm. And unless we have a ways to either yet another task force or maybe calling the RSPCA to help move them onto a different area, there's not much we can do. Why is that fair? That is not the way to solve things. You can't move them onto another area, then that area has to deal with them. 
You just gotta kill them. Again, protected species, they have a right to live and to be here. And if they've chosen to be here, there's not much we can do about it. Well, and I know that they're protected, so we're not allowed to kill them on purpose. But if they ended up being attracted into our bins before we set them on fire, that wouldn't be a deliberate act of fox extermination. There you go. There you go. That's an idea, isn't it? What do those mutant foxes like to eat? Rotting zombies. See, this is where you're recycling everything. Actually, I think they particularly like rotting ones. Yep, like you said. So we get the ones that are rotting. We lure the foxes into the bins with that. And then all of the other parts of the zombies will just do a quick collection and then we'll look into trying to make that into fuel. Council members, again, I, I hate to be that person, but it does feel like we're cutting a lot of corners. And I don't feel this is particularly ethical on either of the three issues that we've just discussed. I feel that we need to follow certain procedures and stuff as is written in the rules. We need to read them and we need to understand them. As long as we get one of the ethics waiver forms from the local government co-signed by the mayor, then it's completely above board for us to ignore the ethics of the situation. Okay. If we can prove that there's a financial gain to be got from recycling zombies and using them to lure mutant foxes into a bin-based conflagration, we've got nothing to worry about. There we go. There we go. Okay. All right, I'll make it. I'll table that. And so we've now just got the issue of local school St. Watley's. As we all know, the headmaster died last year. And since then, the school has descended into a kind of feral tribe-based society, making daily sacrifices. The whole catering team that is missing, presumed dead. Obviously, it's quite a serious situation. We need to get catering for our local school. We can't have a local school without catering. It would be the laughing stock of Skelmanthorpe. So have we got any suggestions for who's going to provide catering for St. Watley's? Again, I actually do know the head girl and boy there, Stephen and Stephanie, and they came back to me with their demands and stuff. And they just said they really want a wider range of vegan and vegetarian options. So I thought if we could look into those options, again, sort of placate them in some way. Well, you know, are we going to give in to the demands of terrorists? Is that the kind of council we are now? Absolutely not. We don't give them anything. We don't give them anything. And if some of them die, then it teaches them a lesson. Well, yes, they are learning real life lessons yeah. about survival and how to dominate in a harsh society. It's not going to be much better for them once they get out of school. So got to get with it. I feel I must point out that it is only a certain small minority of students that are causing this to happen. A lot of the students are being held there against their will. And so I feel like cutting them off completely puts them in a precarious situation. And free school meals is something that I've really been championing. And so just cutting them off like that, that doesn't seem empathetic, council members. Survival of the fittest. They need to speak up for themselves. That is the world we live in today. And if you are going to just let some other kids make you stay in the school, then like, sorry, that's life. The lesson I think we could teach them is that if they manage to lure some foxes into the bins with the wasted zombies, yeah. they'll get some barbecued fox. That could be their free meal. There you go. So we're not being unreasonable at all. That's it. There's got to be an incentive and they've got to do something for the community. I just feel with, well, you know, like we could really 
really reach out to these kids. I feel like they are just really, really misunderstood. And if we could just offer them tofu food parcels, I actually put together one for us to try after after the meeting, just to see what you thought with your oat milk and almond milk and and, and juices, and just getting them their five a day. I think I see your your point. So you you're saying them feed them tofu until they're in such a weakened state that we can reclaim the school. Is that your tactic? Uh, I, I mean, I, I like that. I like that. I, I, I like it. Actually, Patricia, that is the first thing that you've said tonight that I actually agree with. Well done. Yes, That's so it we're, then. We're, That's we're, it. We're voting Agreed. to feed them such terrible food that they can't hold their ground and will be able to reclaim the school. So I'm, I'm That is genius. That. that is genius. Well done, Patricia. You're, you're back on the team. Okay. Very good. Because I was a bit worried about your, your yeah. loyalty earlier. Me too. Okay. Seditious anti-bin talk. So we're almost done. Finally, we've just got the um, the idea of the... Why, why is this on the agenda? Council uniform. That's right. We should have a Skelmanthorpe council uniform. We should all look the same and we should all look fashion. And you haven't seen me because I've got this Mac on. I'm going to take that off. And then I have the new uniform underneath. Here it is. I will reveal it. Three, two, one. Ta-da! Oh, gosh. My Lord. That's so sparkly. Yeah. And then the diamante that spells out Skelmanthorpe. Mm. Obviously, it's, it did cost quite a bit because it's quite a long word. But, you know, it just goes right the way from the back, round the front, over, across the chest and round the back again. And the fur trim, it's fox fur that, isn't it, by the looks of things? Yeah. Upcycling. So they're not cheap, I will tell you that. I have ordered, well, I've actually only ordered three, if I'm honest with you. Ah, yes, no, that would be incentive to really perform on the council as efficiently as possible. Certainly not suggesting anything like voting against the burning of bins or anything like that. That's not going to get you a fur line <laughs> no, coat. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. But more ideas about starving people and feeding them tofu. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that will earn you your rhinestones. Great. I'm all for this. I, th- I think it's a great idea. That's more like it, Patricia. That is more like it. Yeah, well, we're a team, aren't we, council members? We are a team, with me at the top. And now we're going to go to... Oh, sorry. Gary's just informed me that our nerd is cooling down again. Hey there. The director's cuts of both Aliens and Apocalypse Now are worse than the originals. Okay, we're up and running again. So now we're heading back to Gadget Dungeon with our imprisoned gadget master, Sly Winifred. We haven't been there for a while because, unfortunately, Sly managed to slip our bonds and disappeared from his Gadget Dungeon cell. But I'm happy to report that he's now back in our warm, firm, unyielding embrace. And here's what he had to say about the latest in Yorkshire tech. Okay, and I'm delighted to say we have got Mr. Sly Winifred back in the dungeon. Welcome back, Sly. We've missed you. Can I say it's absolutely delightful to be back here on the right side of the wall, as it were. (laughs) Yes, you had a little bit of an adventure, obviously. It turned out to be not such a great idea to let you test drive the new tunnel digging gadget because you used it to quite understandable advantage while escaping from our dungeon. 
Well, we don't like to use the E word. No one was escaping anything. I was simply trying it out and got a little bit carried away. That's all that happened there. Nothing malicious at all. No, no, Paris thought. And obviously, once you were out, you decided to test a lot of the other Yorkshire technology by testing how secure our border defences were by attempting to scale the barbed wire wall separating us from Lancashire. I could not be more pleased to report that our border is completely secure. Anyone, simply anyone who has flesh still on their body trying to climb that mountainous wall will discover it is now 100% electrified. Isn't that exciting? Well, that explains the rolling brownouts that we've been experiencing over the last month or two of their diverting power towards that necessary defence. But speaking of the military, I believe you've got some military devices to show us today. Well, since we're actually going to step outside the dungeon, if that's okay with you. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to check your ankle bracelet before we do that. Yeah, that seems good and secure. Let's ascend to the surface. And here we are on this glorious Yorkshire day. And what do you see just to the right of me there? It's a big thing. What would your first guess be under that tarpaulin there? Oh, that's not the slag heap of Skelmanthorpe, is it? I don't know much else that's bigger than that. Well, that's just it. Think even bigger. I'm going to pull this tarp across now and look at that. Oh. This is the brand new Y1 aerial manoeuvre reconnaissance and attack vehicle. Wow, that is some impressive tech. Is it a balloon or some sort of other magic that's keeping it aloft in the air? Well, the technical term is a floaty sphere that can take off and land in a 26-mile radius. That's just how accurate it can be. Wow. And whilst they're up there, what kind of manoeuvres can they achieve? Well, let's stay on the ground for just a second more as I take you through the process of how this wonderful mechanical marvel gets inflated in the first place. Now, I don't need to ask you, but what is both a treat on the plate, in the factory and used to buff our shoes? There's only one answer to that. Everyone will know we're talking about our dear old friend, the Swamp Mongrel. The Swamp Mongrel, this marvellous creature, this miracle creature, has now been used in intensive farming factories throughout the nation and through incredible new techniques there, farts can be filtered, collected and placed inside these balloons which gives them a higher range than any other balloon of the independent nations that we are aware of. Wow, so those balloons must be fairly secure because we know that one spark could send it into a conflagration like we'd never seen before. I mean, we all know the danger of our own farts after a swamp mongrel meal. You've got to stay at least five feet away from any naked flame unless you want to de-hair your buttocks pronto. So what's the deal with the swamp mongrel fart-filled balloons? How do we prevent them from ripping open? Well, basically right now, they can only go up at night and they can only be flamed by one candle at a time. So they do take a while to get up, but once they get up there, you can only imagine how high they can go. It would take anywhere from three to five weeks to get up to the entire height on that one candle. If it does go out, you cannot have a match to relight it because that obviously might set off the fart. These are specially dedicated candles. And the crews, the men and women going up in these balloons, are true heroes of the nation. 
Well, yes, they're willing to risk life and limb just to get some valuable reconnaissance information for the Yorkshire Air Force. Although, if they're going up at night, I'm guessing most of their reconnaissance reports are basically, it's pretty dark. That is essentially the information we've been getting back, yes. But keep in mind, there's also the question of defence. Now, the entire basket, or pod, as we call it, is supplied with the swamp mongrels which have been pushed to the virtual edge of fart production. Now, at that point, as you know, they become extremely volatile. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just say someone, presenter, or any kind of person was trying to escape from Yorkshire, or was indeed some poor civilian was trying to get in, which, of course, we don't want. They can launch these swamp mongrels with incredible accuracy and just, boom, the enemy is destroyed or the coward trying to leave is sent back to his dungeon or whatever. You know, it's a really impressive military step forward. And they've been working on trying to figure out how the Swamp Mongols know the scent of a Yorkshire person and from anyone outside. And we think there's some really exciting potential in homing Swamp Mongols if we can just crack that code. Okay, so they're trying to identify the very scent of Yorkshire, if you will, and if they can train the Swamp Mongols to avoid that and basically rip into anyone who doesn't bear the scent of Yorkshire and they can defend this glorious nation. And so have they made any progress with identifying what's at the heart of the Yorkshire scent? I, w I would have thought the slag heap of scum and thought we all went sliding down that in our youth. So the charcoaly grime of that is part of it. Are there any other factors that we've managed to identify? That is absolutely one of the key ingredients. Of course, the second and most obvious simple scent is that constant odour of Yorkshire pudding. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, we're still not sure. We've got people working on gravy. We've got people working on dripping. Mm -hmm. And we've got people working on flat caps. Beyond that, we're not sure, but we think we've got some very strong leads in those arenas. Oh, and Yorkshire tea. I've heard some new exciting research that's actually suspecting that there may be a level beneath this. And if you can identify the odour of bitter resentment and grandiose arrogance, that could be the key to unlocking the DNA of the Yorkshire scent. And once this scent is distilled, it could be sold commercially. So we could be increasing our own Yorkshire odour. I mean, how exciting would that be? Sounds like it could be a real profitable revenue stream for the government, but would it not create a certain problem where that you could get people who are not from Yorkshire getting the scent of Yorkshire and then being able to elude our defences? Well, I'm certainly not thinking that someday they'll be able to work out an antidote where someone might be able to, say, leave the nation with some kind of neutral smell. <laughs> a crazy, <laughs> a crazy, crazy thought. Who would want such a thing anyway? So before we wrap up, I know it's just approaching dusk now. So maybe is it dark enough for us to have a little spin in the gadget? Absolutely. If you get in the left-hand side of the pod there, and I'll get in the right, and we'll use this ground flame to light the initial candle. I'm going to bring that up here and just put that underneath the thing there, and away we go. Okay, obviously it's going to take a few hours for us to get going, so let's just have some intermission music and we'll catch up with ourselves in a few hours. So it's now well into the evening. We must be at least 15 feet in the air now. Absolutely. And so I'm seeing lots of straps and levers. Are you able to show me what any of these levers can do? Well, 
This front side is all for the offensive Swamp Mongrel items. This is purely for attack, Mm -hmm. for those trying to... Oh, I should say it's for defence. Defence of the realm. Yes, yes, of course. It's called the defence budget, not the attack budget. Absolutely. On this side here, we have this brown lever, which you pull. And because these brave men and women who grew up in these pods will be defecating so much before they get into the sky, that's basically about to poop shoot. Okay, yeah. Is this the poop deck? The entire deck is the poop deck. Okay, open plan poop deck. On the other side there, we have one parachute. Oh, yes, and the, the wind is picking up a bit, actually. It's blowing us up and across. Um, yes, the studio is fast disappearing. Yes, we're picking up speed now. Okay, yeah, and so how, how do we clear it back the way we want to go? Oh, I'm afraid the Ministry of Defence only showed me how to get it going. Uh, is that a is that a border fence that we're approaching? We don't we don't want to be leaving the nation. That would be considered an act of war by Lancashire. No, no. What, what, no, what no, do we do? Not the sly. No, sly. No, not, not, not the fence. No, no, no. I'm 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 taking the parachute. You're on your own. No, let me hold on to your trousers, please. No, I'm off. <laughs> God bless you, Yorkshire. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. I'm delighted to say that Sly managed to survive his latest escapade, and after he completes his latest stint in our Butlins re-education camp, he'll be back with more gadget news. I just need to check in on our nerd to make sure that he can power our next show. Hey there, Doctor Who is a kid's show, Batman is a fascist, and Pokemon is just one big, long toy advert. Oops, Uh, looks like I've over-egged that particular pudding, so I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio, and until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fettled, and may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. Tara. Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and on this show, you heard Kate Bell as Councillor Deborah, Fiona Howitt as Councillor Patricia, Nikki Hindmarch as Barjorie Cludge. Spleeny Dotson as Sethry Cludge, Tom McGrath as Uncle Billiam Cludge, and Adam Martin as Sly Winifred. You can find out more about all these wonderful improvisers in the information section of this podcast. And you can follow this podcast on the various social medias at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month, but if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate and review. Thanks. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio.